Hey, good morning, Eastern Oregon, and welcome to this January 23rd version of AM Live on EOA, your connection to Eastern Oregon on the EOA network. And here in just a bit, we'll have Kevin Rainey as our guest right here. How are you this morning? That was a strange intro right a little, there. A little addition here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, usually you, should, you say, and we're also on the EO Live Network. Yeah. And Roku. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. the guest is a good idea to mention in the beginning of the show, too. <laughs> yeah, if I can roll it in there. I've been thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to write you a script, BC, that just rolls on there. Yeah, da 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 da. Actually, it's good. I, I like that you change it up sometimes. It's fine. It, yeah. it makes it a little more. It's a little less uh, cookie cutter that way. It's so funny how long, and most people don't understand how long it takes to do a routine. You know, I mean, it is. It it's so things like this are so clunky when you're starting. You know. Oh yeah. And if you watch the very first show that we did compared to now, it's completely different. Yeah. Well, but we also started. Right. Our, you know, on mobile, basically. You right. know what I mean? Like, uh, um, not in studio. Yeah. Because of COVID. Well, and every one of those things is a. And then when we moved into the studio, another routine. You, you have know. to figure it out week yeah. by week. Yeah. And then when week. we started to have Benny in the control room, that's another one. Yeah. And yeah. having remote guests is like, that's a whole. Yeah. That's a whole nother. Yeah. technical excitement thing yeah it will and and then try to do so when we first started doing the johnny ball game show yeah. on on tv you know yeah. on, on internet tv try doing that with johnny <laughs> try try and and making some mistakes with johnny as your as your partner <laughs> you, you think i'm uh, you think i'm picky about things work with it why do you think once a week you that door would slam shut and you'd hear us just going at it yeah i called you guys like like a married couple yeah yeah it's because it's because the expectations are through the roof of both of us so it was like yeah yeah and i was just learning you know what i mean how yeah. to how to use the equipment and we were doing mobile guests then you know yeah. what i mean and it was like week one yeah. <laughs> like I, I'd been in front of that program for what, two and a half weeks. <laughs> and oh yeah, by the way, we're going to have people call in. We're going to have video guests. We're going to do this. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> I guess we'll learn it on the fly. We'll, we'll kind of figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what caused most of the arguments. <laughs> it's like, dude, like, you, you know, like it takes a little time to figure this stuff out. Well, what's funny though, is I, I worked in, in a television station back in, I guess it was the mid eighties. I was in college and the arguments were the same then that the, the talent, the people that were on the stage had no idea how complicated it was in the control room, yeah. you know? So if the weather guys, weather graphics weren't right on, he had control of those, you know, he could advance his own. Right. But if the sports guy, if his if his roll-ins weren't exactly right or his graphics, mm -hmm. oh man, he would come in after pissed. the show and just <laughs> throw a fit. Yeah, that's how Johnny was. Yeah, I've been on both sides though. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I've been right. the person running the stuff, and right? Now I sit here and yell at Benny when he screws up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's just yeah, it is. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's crazy. You want to do sports? Let's do it. All right. 
AM Sports Report brought to you by Northwest Furniture and Mattress. Big red rocking chair on Elm off Adams in the Grand. Go see them. The Daggett family, I mean, the stuff that they do for this community alone is enough to support that business. So go check out their showroom. It's, a, it's beautiful. They have awesome selection of mattresses, recliners, anything you need for your home. They want to make you comfortable in your own home. Um, Sports-wise, LHS Girls Wrestling went to Othello this weekend for the Lady Husky Invitational. They had three individual champions, ten placers, and brought home another championship for this LeGrand Girls Wrestling team. They got a good chance at winning a state title this year. It's kind of cool. And it's one of those things where it's really picked up a lot of support. When we do Wrestling Wednesdays, Dustin and... Uh, and Clell and I, we've talked a lot about uh, girls wrestling, especially in the state of Oregon and how far it's come and, and where it's at right now. And it's, it's really an awesome thing. The uh, boys wrestling team walked away with the Sky by View Duels Championship this weekend in Idaho, which is like a collaboration of a lot of really good schools in Idaho. Um, the, the boys are currently third in the state on the coaches poll behind Sweet Home and Crook County. And they're going to vie for a state championship, too. They're going to – I mean, we're going to have to get 20 kids. We're going to have to qualify 20 kids for state to have a chance at winning state this year. And that would be our third one in a row for the boys. So, um, it's possible. I'm not going to say that we're in the driver's seat, though, because yeah. Sweet Home is really deep this year. I, and my son's team wrestles against Sweet Home a lot, so I've paid a lot of attention to Sweet Home this mm -hmm. year. And Crook County, for that matter. And And – deepness is what wins you state championships. It's not necessarily having a couple state champions. Right. Of course. I mean, we have Kai Carson coming back, who's a who's a state champion last year. Um, we have a couple kids that are going to vie for a state championship. Ridge Kerr, Tommy right. Belding, uh, Bregan Anderson, Kenai Huff. But the reality of it is, is we need a lot of kids to place. And we need a lot of kids to score points at state in order to win this state championship. So it's going to be about depth more than anything for the, for the boys. Um, they wrestle this weekend at the Research Tournament of Champions in Li at Liberty High School, which means they're going to be at the same tournament that I'm going to be at. So it's going to be fun. I'm going to that tournament. I'll get to see my a team that I cover in LeGrand and my son wrestle on the same weekend. And a possibility... Of my son wrestling the LeGrand kid, which is what we've wanted. That'd for, be cool. Yeah. yeah. They're both seniors. They're uh, Kenai's number one in 4A at heavyweight, and then my son's number two in 5A at heavyweight. So it's, it'll be a clash of titan. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. going to be it, – it, it'll be fun to watch, really. Um, LHS boys basketball lost to Ontario in a heartbreaker 40-39 to on Friday night. They have a non-league game against Fruitland tonight at 7.30 in Fruitland, um, 7.30 Mountain Time. The girls beat Ontario handedly 57-21 to Friday. They don't play again until this Friday night in, in a huge GOL game against Baker on the road. Um, that's a big game for the girls. Uh, congrats to Kyle Knutson of EOU Men's Wrestling. He placed third at the Missouri Valley Invite, which is arguably the biggest tournament of the year outside of nationals. It has... I mean, everybody goes to this tournament. EOU finished in 19th place, which is about right, because that's about right where they're ranked in the country right now. And it had it has the best NAIA schools in the country at this tournament. So it's kind of a Nationals preview. We didn't get to see Hunter Sparks, the number one wrestler at 125. I don't know if he's injured. I didn't ask Dustin, but he did not wrestle in this tournament. So um, we don't, you know. We haven't seen him really wrestle any of the top guys, it, it, but he's still number one, and, and he's the he's he's 
the runner-up from last year. So he still has a really good chance, at, as well as Kyle. I mean, Kyle's right there in the mix uh, for a national championship. They wrestle uh, this Sunday in Salem against a really tough Corbin team, and Corbin's wrestling is, has really turned a corner. And like, Every team in the CCC is good. It's crazy. The, the, it's the best wrestling conference in the country when it comes to NAIA. Um, they just beat up on each other. They always have five or six teams in the top 25, and it, it really – I mean, that's why we don't see the high rankings in our conference because they're constantly beating each other. Mm. Uh, the EOU women's wrestling team had a really good weekend as well. They had duels against Pacific and Linfield over there in Forest Grove. They won both of them. And then they also had 15 placers on Sunday at the Boxer Open, including a championship for Irma Rotano, which is cool. I mean, 15 placers in one tournament for oh. wrestling is a lot. Wow. That's a lot. EOU men's and women's hoops both had huge weekends. They both swept Evergreen and Northwest, and they both play at home against again this weekend, and this weekend's huge. Uh, the women have won five in a row. The men have won three in a row, and this weekend they both take on Southern and OIT, which is huge games, playoff implications moving through the season. Um, the men currently sit in seventh. The women in fourth. They're both eligible for the tournament right now. And they just need to keep winning. I mean, that's the reality of it of it all. EOU track and field saw a school record uh, drop this weekend at the Lauren McCluskey Invitational in Idaho. Osman Osman is athlete of the week in the CCC. He broke the 400-meter um, record this weekend, which is cool. I mean, it's a record that, I mean, it, it, I mean, when you go to a school, you, you want to be a, a record holder, right? right? You want the school's record. And, yeah. And that's what he did this weekend. And the funny thing is uh, the EOU uh, athletic department, they said he's so good you, have, you say his name twice, <laughs> 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 which was kind of a cool uh, headline yeah. for them. Anyways, yeah, that's all for sports this week. Uh, Northwest Furniture and Mattress, go check them out. Big Red Rocking Chair on Elm off Adams and LeGrand. Cool stuff. Yeah. Do you think that have we uh, in women's wrestling? It seemed to have like I mean I I know that e locally EOU was an early adopter. Yeah. Is that have there been have we been ahead of the curve compared to other parts of the nation? Do you think? Well, I, Oregon wise, I think we're right on it. Okay. I think we're right with. I mean, Oregon's been really good at yeah. pushing uh, women's and girls wrestling. Yeah. Um, but. I know, like, I can really compare it to Dallas, where my son goes. Right. Yeah. They've, they're, they're right on the same pace as, as LeGrand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they have multiple, they got a couple state champ girls. Yeah. They're vying for a state championship every year in, in girls wrestling. They've had it for, you know. And, and I, I mean, honestly, like, I think it really started in, like, in, the, like, 2015-ish. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, the real push for it. Yeah. Like, obviously, they've been trying to – we want girls to wrestle right. girls. At least I do. I mean, right. and I think that's the common consensus. That's Clell. Right. And, and, and I think that uh, the, the more – obviously, the more girls that get involved, the more competition they have. Yeah. And, and the more um, the sport grows. And it's one of the fastest-growing sports in the country. Well, and I can – and I can see that. I mean, it's just like it started and boom – I mean, I just, wish it would have been like that when I was in middle yeah. school because I probably would have wrestled all the way through right. high school if it yeah. would have been the case. Yeah. Because I really like wrestling. I enjoyed it. 
Right. I just didn't want to wrestle girl, a girl. Yeah. And I did, it, it was just not my thing. Like, right. And um, I don't think it's fair to put a boy in against a girl either. And I don't think it's fair to a girl either. Like, right. honestly. And thank God that girls are starting to wrestle. I mean, no. Because it's... it gives opportunity for girls to wrestle girls. And, and, and one of the things that we talked about on Wrestling Wednesdays a couple of weeks ago was whether or not girls should be able to, to double up. And that means if there's a girls and a boys tournament that the girl can wrestle in both. Right. I don't think they should be. If there's a girls tournament. Right. The girls shouldn't be able to wrestle in the girls and then double up in the boys as right. well. Because it's a lose-lose situation for everybody involved in my yep. eyes. If you beat a girl, you, you beat a girl. Yeah. If you lose to a girl, you lost to a girl. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? And right. So yeah. it's just lose-lose. Um, and, and it doesn't prove anything. I mean, which is why... It's so good that girls wrestling right. has come so far. Yep. So so let's just keep it as a sport of its own. I, yep. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. Good. All right, well, let's look outside. And, you know, it's been just increasingly warmer, which is nice. Almost all the snow's gone. Yeah, thankfully. A little different than a week ago. Oh, my goodness, or two weeks ago. Or two, yeah, two yeah, weeks ago, but whatever, whenever that was. Yeah, I mean, it, that was miserable. And then, so what's miserable. our what's our weather here? So, forty four today, and then looks it's like saying rain and snow on Friday. Rain. Oh, and rain and snow today too. We're gonna get snow. It, <laughs> it ain't sticking around. If no, it's huh? switching back and yeah. forth. Yeah. Wow. So it's. Yeah, it's going to be kind of that sleet stuff. But it looks like there is, we're not really going to, they might see sun on Sunday, but we'll we'll see how that goes. Anyhow, looks like this kind of weather is going to stick around for a little bit. Yeah, just crummy, gloomy. Somebody had said that maybe it was going to get cold next weekend. But I just, when somebody fork, I mean, when somebody looks at the weather, and Tanya does, bless her heart, she'll look at the weather two weeks away and it'll be like, what? I mean, you're guessing that... Yeah. In yeah. two weeks, it's going to snow at noon? Yeah. Or that... Or that... Yeah. I don't... I don't know. The weather... The whole weather conversation is really interesting. I mean, you... I know you don't watch national news, mm -hmm. but now weather is... I'd say the last two or three years, weather has been a major component. I mean, they'll take... They'll take five minutes to talk about a snowstorm. Which is, I mean, the, the evening news, they only have like 22 minutes, sometimes less than that. And so, so then to take a quarter of that to talk about weather, something that nobody can do anything about whatsoever. Right. It's, it's happening regardless. Yeah. It's just... It, I, I, I don't like the winter time, but I do love those videos on social media of people sliding around. Yeah. Or falling. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, and there's so a bunch of them. Especially saw, in Portland. <laughs> well, I saw one this morning, and you'll probably see it on social media today somewhere, of a fire truck. I've already seen it. That yeah, fire truck that lost control. Yeah, yeah. The yellow one. It yeah. Was spinning all over the road. Yeah, which is, which is pretty unique when you have a 40-ton vehicle. I don't know if it weighs yeah, that's that a, that's That's scary is what that yeah, is. Yeah, that's a lot of mass yeah. totally out of control. Crushing yeah. whatever gets in the way. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's funny, they have like this certain hill in Portland when it gets icy. Yeah. They just post the camera out on the balcony and like literally hundreds yeah. of people in cars just sliding. Yeah. Slide. And, and it's like, you know, like, 
why not just close that road? <laughs> you would that would kind of make sense, wouldn't it? I mean, you'd think, but yeah. maybe they do it for maybe they do it for views for entertainment. Yeah, yeah. You you don't want to park your car on, on that, that road. road. No, not in the winter. No, nah, yeah, no. yeah. Because it's those other cars. They're gonna get. They're gonna. And it's like bumper cars coming. I think down I the told my, the story of my buddy posted on social media is little slip on the ring cam that's another thing that ring cams are good for they get a lot of slips in the uh in the winter you know people go out their house and hit the concrete oh. or the steps and whoop well yeah. he got he got nailed with that uh, he <laughs> lives in washington and it was frozen yeah and he caught himself on and then he posted it and, yeah know, it's funny those yeah that's that's a whole nother genre of videos we talked about that the other day that had just come out of those doorbell cameras it's the best it's so, yeah, so funny. Uh, uh, Michaela, a couple of years ago, she posted this video. And they, they, this is when they were living in Portland, and they would have lots of people walking their dogs and stuff, you know, in Portland and stuff. And so she happened to be outside and met this dog and the owner, you know. And, and then she went back in the house. Well, the dog just sat down and would not move. And the owner tried to get it up, and so and she happened to see it, and so because for whatever reason the dog engaged with Michaela and was not going to move until Michaela came back out, greeted the dog again, and then walked a little bit. It was it's just the funniest video. Anyhow, hmm. there you go. Yeah. All righty. Well, uh, this morning we have Kevin Rainey from Youth for Christ is with us here. And he'll be joining us right after this. Here in Eastern Oregon, we're blessed to live in such a wonderful area. And though it may seem mild-mannered, there's actually quite a lot that goes on in this area. And apparently, there's two dinguses who happen to be here that are actually crazy enough to get up at the crack of dawn to talk about it. Tune in to AM Live on EOA with Brent and Dodzy, featuring special guests, weather, sports, news, and more, every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 a.m., only on EOA Live, your connection to Eastern Oregon. Now on Roku. All right, we're back with Youth for Christ, Kevin Rainey. Yeah, thank you guys for yeah. having me on today. You so. bet, man. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Got lots of stuff coming down the pipe for YFC, so getting really busy around there. So Good, good. It's been good, though. Yeah, and you and I have, we've been... We've been doing the the production side of our house has been doing the videos for you guys for probably ten years. years. Has it been that long? Probably fifteen. It's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. been a long time for sure. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And, and so we've had a connection, and I really believe in what it is that you do, and Thank and you. appreciate you and Kim's leadership in that role for a long time. Yeah, yeah. A little over seventeen years now yeah. at Youth for Christ, so it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun, I guess. So. <laughs> Did you ever imagine that? No. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought I'd be here this longer. Yeah. 
I, I never thought I'd be in youth ministry, period. That wasn't yeah. kind of my path as a kid. So, yeah. but, you know, God has better plans. Yeah. So. Well, and you've, you've told us a little bit of your story before, but why don't you kind of give us a recap of how it is, maybe a little bit of your story growing up, and then how you got into youth ministry. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I mean, I, I grew up right here in LeGrand. Uh, so Kyle and I played sports together as kids in grade school and all that kind of stuff, and peewee football, and different things. And um, I mean, love, love LeGrand, love growing up here, but I didn't grow up in a Christian home at all. So I never really went to church or did any of those things. And uh, by the time I got into high school, I was a knucklehead and making a lot of dumb decisions. <laughs> so, and uh, actually to the point where I was expelled from LeGrand High School. So it was pretty uh, crazy because I ended up having to go to Union to graduate and my senior year and, and do stuff out there. And then uh, you know, it was like 10 years later, I walked back on campus, and I'm now the Youth for Christ director, and there's a lot of the same staff and faculty around going, you what? do what? How Who? did this happen? Yeah, yeah. That's, not, that's not what we expected to ever hear about you, kind yeah. of thing. So, uh, yeah, God definitely got a hold of me and uh, changed, my, changed my life and the direction I was going, and uh, just really laid it on my heart. Um, we'd started helping at uh, the First Baptist Church with their youth group. Shortly after Kim and I was married, and uh, I remember the first youth trip we took with kids was they had used to have a thing called Winter Youth between Christmas and New Year's during that break that kids were out of school down in the Portland area. Huge conference of, you know, there's like a thousand kids at it or whatever. So we went as chaperones for that, and I just remember uh, feeling like I was there because God really wanted me to hear everything that the speakers had to say. That was kind of where he really got a hold of me, and we left that trip, and I went, I think this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. Wow. So that's kind of how it all happened. And then by the grace of God, things came around. And actually uh, one day at church, somebody walked up to me that was on the board of YFC and handed me an application and said, I think you ought to fill this out. And hmm. here we are 17 years later. So Wow. <laughs> that's a cool story. Yeah. And do you think that, well, I guess there are a couple of things that are going through my mind. It's funny because the other day we had... Chief Bell and Hayes, what's his first name? Jason. Jason, yeah. We're on the show, and we were talking, and uh, Sheriff Cody was on the comments. In the comments, he goes, I love Chief Bell. He gave me my first MIP, you know. And so, <laughs> so, yeah. And, yeah. I, I think Stan Terry uh, gave me one, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back in the day. So it's just funny how... You know, and and we've talked about this before. There's several of kids. You're a little younger than I, so it's like kids your age or the group of kids that were that age. You know, they've kind of they're back in Legrand and they're in leadership positions. Yeah. You know, Cody Bowen and mm -hmm. I mean, there's just a whole group of them. You know, Corinne Brajati. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's several of them that are business leaders and and. It, well, it, I think when you're growing up in Legrand, everybody's so eager to get out of Legrand, right. and you you leave, and then you realize what you had here. Yeah, and that you know this is a very unique, special community, and a lot of great things and good memories for most of us of growing up and having kind of that freedom to be able to to go and do. We didn't have all the issues that major cities have as yeah. much. I mean, yes, we do have drug issues and things like that. I mean, we're right on that I-84 corridor for it, but. Uh, it's, yeah, I think for many of us, it's kind of that 
going, well, you know, LeGrand wasn't half bad, actually. It's a pretty good place to raise a family and do stuff, so that's why. Yeah. Because I, I call, I did the I same call thing. it the black hole effect. <laughs> the black hole yeah, effect. Yeah, you get out, but you're coming back. It's you're coming suck back. You back yeah. In. yeah, there's some reality to it. You might be able to get but out, I think, but it's going to suck you right back in. I mean, I know for Kim and I, we left for a couple of years and we're in the Portland area and stuff, and college and all that kind of stuff, and realizing the importance of being known is kind of a big deal. And I remember you'd go around Portland and, I mean, you'd never ever run into anybody you ever know. Right. You know, if you're in a grocery store, somebody didn't know who you were. So it's it one of the unique good and bad things of LeGrand. Right. right. You know, <laughs> days you walk into Walmart and look down the aisle and go, man, I'm in a hurry. I can't go down that aisle. Right. There's eight people <laughs> That's my life. But, uh, <laughs> you know, otherwise, yeah, I think it's a great thing that, you know, community knows each other and uh, cares about one another and, there's a bunch of knuckleheads like myself and yeah. Cody and other people that got in trouble that are back here trying to be a good example now. Right. Do you think are, when you share your story or when you have a chance to talk about your story with kids, are they surprised? Because they see this person who's like yeah. the executive director and they've got together and yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think when kids hear my, my testimony and my choices that I were making, you know, when I was in high school and drinking and drugs and bad things that I got into and, and lots of fights and things like that, that they, uh, they go, no way, that wasn't who you are. And that's one of those things that I'm actually really thankful for because yeah. I, you know, they don't see me in that light and I can still sometimes, you know, Satan likes to, to make us think about those things and go, oh, well, that's who you are and that's not who you are. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, God, God can redeem all things. So it's a, it's pretty cool to be able to share that, and but it also gives me a unique perspective at times because you get kids that are making some of those not-so-wise choices, and it's pretty quick to tell when they're kind of heading down that path. Yeah. And uh, you can call them out on it a little bit and, and actually, because of my background, go, yeah, I know better. You know, yeah. I know where you're headed. I know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, this isn't a good road. Yeah. And be able to address it instead of just, go, well, I don't know what's going on with them and just, you know. So I think there's some real value in in the power of empathy, of knowing that, you know, hey, we all are, we're all sinners saved by grace. We're all screw-ups in some way or another. Yeah. And being able to just encourage kids that are making those choices or hanging out with that crowd, the where that leads. And just uh, that that's not something they're going to want to do long-term or they're going to end up in jail or worse or, I mean, that's the, the scary thing about the world today is the drugs are so much more potent and deadly and, and dangerous than they ever were when uh, I was a kid or or younger, you yeah. know, and, and so much more addictive. And sometimes it's just a one-time thing and you lose somebody because of it. Yeah. So I, just that importance. I think that, uh, like, when it comes to, like, leading and showing other people, you know, the path in life or or in any profession, somebody that's been there is way more effective than, than somebody that hasn't. You don't, you don't, you know, like in like drugs, mm -hmm. you, the best drug counselors in the world are people that have done drugs. The, it's, you can liken it to sports too. I'm not going to hire somebody to, to teach somebody how to hit a ball that doesn't know how to hit a ball. Right. You True. know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it, it's, and it's one of those things where it should be across the board. You know what I mean? Like we should look for people to put in those positions that have been there and done that. Like mm -hmm. it, it, that's how I feel about it anyways. Yeah. No, I would agree. So 
George Mendoza was in your chair not too long ago, and he's super chill, as yeah. you know. And you're you're pretty chill, <laughs> but uh, but clearly there have been times when you're not. So so what what do you think? You know, I'm just curious. What what gets your blood boiling? What are the kinds of things? Is like, oh, that's not the old me. I gotta, you know. Oh, geez, I don't know. I'm I am much more chill than I ever was as a kid, <laughs> for sure. I used to be a little bit of a hothead. Um, I think the, I mean, things that make me mad these days are the the you know, sex trafficking and drugs and alcohols and and just abuse of kids and right. and things like that that where. You know, you're somebody that's defenseless, and right. people trying to take advantage of that, or or uh, take the innocence of people. Yeah. You know, those kind of things are the the things that upset me. I guess I would say is, you know, the the bigger sin in the world that's happening, and and you see it, and you see kids getting sucked into it, or or other issues, and and it's you know, I mean, I think that's true for all of us. None of us yeah. want to see any of our our kids or our family members or anybody go through that kind of pain and suffering that comes from those kind of decisions at times. Yeah. So what do you, what is your take on social media and the way we've talked a ton about that, how it has affected kids? What do you, I don't know, what's your I'm, take on that? I think I'm too old for social media. Yeah. It, yeah. it just <laughs> Facebook's migrates Facebook's still so my quickly. main thing yeah. and I, yeah. kids don't even use any of that. So, yeah. I mean, social media to me in a lot of regards has become pretty toxic um, yeah. just because there's, you know, I mean, Snapchat and Instagram and all these things where they can take a picture, do something, and it disappears. Yeah. Or so they think. Yeah. But uh, it really is still got a digital trail somewhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of a lot of social media that's good, but I also feel like, in a lot of regards, social media has not done our kids a lot of favors in being able to actually interact socially. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's the most connected, unconnected group of people that's ever existed. Yeah. You know, I mean, we we know information immediately all over the place but as far as like actually being able to have a conversation right. and sit down is really difficult for a lot of kids yeah um, they just haven't ever had any real practice at that so I mean even like our drop-in times where we have kids just kind of hanging out we were really intentional to make sure we didn't have like video gaming systems and things like that so that they actually have to interact with each other yeah you know pick up a basketball or play air hockey or play pool or or do something so that it actually creates some of that social environment because, I mean, kids today are struggling because they don't have friends much. They have a ton of acquaintances, but no real tight friendships. And, you know, when we were kids, you had four or five people you hung out with all the time that were your, your ride or dies yeah. that were always there for everything. Yeah. You always were at their house or their, your house, and kids just aren't that way anymore. There's a lot of disconnect there so you know they they have a friendship that will last for a few days or a few weeks and then something happens and usually it's social media yeah where they one says something about the other or posts a picture or something they shouldn't have or whatever and that friendship gets damaged and then it's just gone there's huh. not any yeah. depth to it anymore so i think that's one of the major struggles with social stuff and social media is just the the lack of actual relationship that comes from that yeah you know i mean i can have 1,500 friends on Facebook or something, but, you know, probably 1,400 of them or more that I pass in a grocery store don't right. even say hi to you. Right. You know, 
we're friends on Facebook. Yeah. But, you know, that doesn't really mean. You know what they had for dinner last night, but you wouldn't say hi to them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know know their kids' names and what their kids did yesterday, but in the store, you don't even say hi. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird. We we live in a weird world, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we're as bad as the kids in a lot of regard in that same thing of just not feeling connected a lot of times to what's going on. You know, we kind of lost that front porch culture that we once had where everybody knew what was going on and kind of communicate. COVID made it worse, too. It did. COVID made it, re- like, one of my struggles during COVID was I was still doing all of my uh, interviews for sports, right? Lot, lots of interviews. Lots. And one of my struggles was, like, okay, so I've met this person on online, right? I've talked to them. Do I have to, do, do I reintroduce myself yeah, when yeah, I see now what? in real life? Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was like, because a lot of times I'd go up to the school and I, I'd have had have some and somebody on my show and they'll just walk right by. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. making that personal connection doesn't work through mm-hmm. through this. No. It, it doesn't. It, it really does not. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that's great about YFC is we get to do stuff that creates some shared memories, shared things that they do together, like yeah. trips and events and activities and club nights and crazy games and all that kind of stuff where where it ends up being a you know an opportunity for a kid to kind of make memories with other kids, and there's some authenticity to it where you can you know they run into each other and they're like hey you remember that time we did that you know right. did this or did that so I think that's a huge huge thing that we get to be a part of um, that's kind of a byproduct of the ministry we're doing yeah. um, that is somewhat intentional but it's you know not really intentional in a lot of regard. So it's it's just an opportunity for them to spend time together and grow in relationship. Yeah, and I I still think in, in those kinds of things they're valuable because a road trip, for instance. Yeah. Because if you know either they're encouraged to stay off their phone during that time, or they if pretty soon they get so bored, or they're or they you know you just engage you know and yeah. And, and those things are, I think those things are still really valuable for families too. You know, dinner time, even though it might be boring, you know, when I would have my kids come to dinner and, but I'd make them stay. I mean, because a lot of things would be like, they'll rush through dinner and then they'll take off. And it's like, no, nah, you're going to hang around, you know. Um, but, but pretty soon, once they get bored, then they start talking to each other or whatever it might be. And, yeah. you know, I've, I've, and, it's funny, I like, I, somebody asked me, you know, I said, well, you know, what is something that they can do to promote good family time? Buy a hot tub, for instance, you know, because if you're in the hot tub with, as a family or whatever it might be, they can't be on their phones. And so pretty soon sure. those types of things, they just, they start talking, Yeah. you know, and, and if their friends are then there, pretty soon they have a conversation and. You, you just happen to be there in the same place. Yeah, yeah. We, we see it every year, like yeah. our middle school camp. Yeah. We take all the kids' phones, yeah. one for just safety so they don't get stolen or anything or yeah. broken while they're gone. They have them on the road trip, but once we get to camp, all the phones of every box. kid that's there, they all get put in a box and locked away for the whole week. Yeah. And, you know, the first couple of days, they're all going through DTs because they don't have their phones. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the funny thing is, is by the end of the week, most of the time you're like, hey, who wants their phone back? And they're like, yeah. They don't, they're not even that eager to get it back yeah. um, because they've actually had a chance to really interact and, and, and you know, have shared experience and memories yeah. and they actually start talking with each other and having deeper conversations. It's like you're saying, it's, yeah. 
and it's hard because I mean we're as guilty as they are most Absolutely. of the time for being on our our devices. So yeah, just making that time to put it away and go, you know, this is more important that we have interaction or or just getting somewhere where there's no service at all, then you don't right. have to worry about it. Well, and that. It's the same. I mean, it's easy to be critical of the youth or kids or whatever it is. But as adults, you still, even a disciplined business owner over 60, you still will take the least path of resistance. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what Human it is. Nature. Yeah. I mean, it just, you, it's just the, it's the way that it goes. I mean, and so um, it's just easy to be lazy at whatever that might be, you know, whatever that activity is. Yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. So, um, let me switch topics just a little bit. Okay. Because I mean, as you, we've just had, I mean, we've always had drug issues in LeGrand and it's yeah. kind of hidden. I think it's been, you know, COVID had some impact on that measure 110. We've had lots of conversation about measure 110 and the way that that has made it more complicated just because you know we've it's lost some of the some of the teeth or some of the disincentives have been removed and so yeah. on and so forth so but but youth for christ has been a really great base at least a point for some kids to go for some kids to find a place and you know what happens with youth and we've we've talked with We've had lots of conversations on this stage about this is, is that, you know, if kids are in choir or if they're in sports or if they have something that they identify with, they that is a good thing for them because they're in the mix with adults who are having good influences in their life. Yeah. The ones that really get lost are the ones that are not identifying. The only thing they're identifying with is the their friends and maybe their friends are going in a path that's a different direction. So... The, the question is, is, you know, how do you see the local YFC and what are some of the other agencies that are in the area that maybe they're, they're maybe not church related, but they are helping kids? And, and are you able to triangulate with them? Are you able to communicate with them and like, hey, this kid bounced out of our program. Have you seen him over there? And I mean... A little bit. I mean, LeGrand is difficult because there's not a lot for youth to do uh -huh. um, as far as like just extracurricular kind of stuff. Right. Um, so the J House Youth Center is, is vital in that regard of giving a place for kids to just be and hang out where there are some supervision and safety and, and you know, rules around whatever happens there and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I mean, the bowling alley is kind of the only other thing or movie theater locally that kids can, can go and be a part of. Yeah. Um, and those are difficult at times just because cost, you know, right. it gets expensive to be a part of those kind of things. And so that's the, I think that's the struggle in our community a lot of times. Um, you know, we have the pool or the skate park or places like that, but a lot of times other than, I mean, pool has supervision, obviously, as lifeguards and those kind of things, but skate park usually doesn't mm -hmm. um, unless there's someone in law enforcement that drives by down there or whatever. But for the most part, there's not, any kind of supervision and that, you know, it's kind of tucked away down there or out of sight, out of mind a little bit, which is not great. I think there's a lot of things that happen down there that I hear from kids and stuff that's not good at all. Yeah. Um, no, it's definitely where the hoodlums go. That's what, yeah, that's yeah. where they all hang out a little bit. I hate bit. to say and, that, but... It, well, and, and the sad thing is, is it's not kids usually. It's the, you know, the 24, 25-year-olds that are hanging out down there and 
and trying to deal drugs and do all that kind of stuff that are down there on a regular basis, unfortunately, that doesn't make it safe for any other younger right. kids to go and actually hang out there. Right. Um, so it is difficult in our community in that regard. There's just not a lot available for kids. Um, I mean, we partner with like Fellowship of Christian Athletes and um, other church youth groups. So I think within the faith community, we kind of keep tabs on kids and go, okay, well, what's going on? Have you seen so-and-so? Yeah. You know, have they been showing up to your stuff? Are they, you know, or I've been seeing them here. I haven't seen them for a while. You know, we need to check in on them, find out what's going on. But yeah, the hard thing is, is if, if a kid hasn't plugged into one of those locations, right. I mean, it's, it can be difficult to make those connections. So that's kind of where our, our programming that we do at YFC is somewhat intentional to be very open to everybody. So we do like lunches like today, we'll have Taco Tuesday up there and probably serve 180 to 200 kids lunch. And that's open to anybody that wants to come over and have lunch. Doesn't matter if you're, you know, low income or your parents have right. money or whatever. Doesn't right. matter. Everybody's welcome. Come over and eat. Doesn't cost you anything. Um, but the importance for us as a ministry is during those lunch times and like our drop-in center times is our volunteers are really intentional to start building relationship because that's what we see makes the effect and change in kids is if there's, you know, if there's a positive role model in their life, somebody that they can trust to talk to, then you're actually going to see some, some impact that's going to make a major difference in their life. Yeah. You know, and it's not just another person that you, as an acquaintance, you know, right. another Facebook friend. Um, you know, our, our volunteers do a great job of starting to really learn about kids' stories and know what's going on in their lives. Yeah. You know, so, which is kind of where we're, we're coming up on this big fundraiser. Yeah. Um, called Be the Story which is on February 2nd. Um, and that's what you're talking about with the production stuff and everything. So we, we have kid testimonials about what's going on in their lives, but we also, you know, it's one of our major fundraisers for the ministry throughout the year where we do a big dinner and people invite guests over to their homes or either that we have actually tables up at J house this year we're doing. Um, and people can come and have a good catered meal and be able to see the presentation and know what it is that we're doing as a ministry and how we are connecting with kids in the community and, and making a difference um, yeah. and getting to see their stories. You know, I mean, everybody's got a story. It's just whether or not somebody's taking the time to listen enough to hear it. Yeah. And I feel like in our culture, we're really good at just kind of glossing over that and not really knowing people very well or knowing what's going on in their lives. You know, we just, we get a snapshot we get their Instagram posts and go, oh, yeah, everything's great. But that's not really how it is. <laughs> right. Right. So. Yeah. Well, Benny, roll that video. And this is, I think this is a Taco Tuesday. Uh, yeah. And that, I mean, this is, this is at the new youth center. It's been about, how old is it now? Four? Uh, this is our fourth year being yeah. open. Fourth yeah. school year being and open. And what's funny, I, I, I mean, remember touring it when, before it was even open. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. And four years. But this same that same herd of people that just came through came through that little house and more. Yeah. 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 That's the funny thing is, is uh, we were still seeing 200 kids in the old building, which was a little thousand square foot house right, right. there on the same property. And same thing, you know, I mean, everybody loves food. Right. Uh, we're, we're all pretty easily drawn, especially free food. <laughs> so, uh, you know, come over and get a taco or nachos or something and hang out. And I'm always amazed. You know, 17 years into this, I always run into kids that are adults now. And, of course, 
half the time don't recognize them because they have a beard or kids right, of their right, own and right. things like that now. And you're like, yeah, that's not what you look like in seventh grade. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but how many of them go, you know, oh, yeah, I love the Taco Tuesdays or mac and cheese and nuggets. That was really impactful for me. I really appreciate you guys doing that. And, and so, yeah, it is a, it's a pretty powerful thing just to be able to serve them lunch and, uh, you know, like I say, not every one of the 200 do we get into deep relationship with, but that is the, the catalyst of a lot of it, of where we start to get, be able to build relationships and then invite them to other things where we can start sharing the gospel and yeah. telling them about you know who Jesus is and what he has for the life and, and knowing my own personal story, the impact that's had in my life. Right. You know, I mean, that's, that's why I do it. Is I, I would not be who I am today if it wasn't for my Lord and Savior. So, Yeah. So you're able to make a difference in the lives of kids. And I like, I like that thought that your volunteers or the volunteers that are for that, because not everybody is going to connect with you, whatever True. it might be. Yeah, and so then, so then the volunteers, and you have a great crew. I mean, there's a, you know, you, yeah, when you, I mean, there's just, and it happens without you. I mean, it, yeah. right. I mean, they, I mean, yeah, we have about 40 volunteers. At yeah. This point. Yeah. I mean, and they, they function on their but own. We could have 40 more right. and have them engaged in the lives right. of kids for sure. There's definitely, you know, the fields are white as right. scripture says. Yeah. So the reality is, is we need workers for the harvest and, and just people that are willing to engage in kids and, and play a game of basketball or a game of pool and just start to learn about a kid's story. Yeah. You know, and, and it is. It is interesting because our, our volunteers are as diverse as the group of kids we have. Right. You know, we have volunteers that are going to connect with different kids. Right. That maybe I wouldn't connect with, but they right. connect with them better or vice versa. And, and that's the great thing is, you know, we try to act as though we're all uh, somewhat unique. At, and we are in certain areas, but we're all still got the same human issues yeah. you know we all we all deal with the same struggles a lot of times and and having somebody that's been there done that like Kyle was saying earlier makes a huge difference yeah um, than somebody that hasn't so you know if you have somebody that you can connect with that makes a huge huge impact on people I mean it does us as adults right. as well but even especially kids that are you know confused and trying to figure out there's there's place in the world yeah <clears throat> so talk to me for a minute about funding. How do you guys, you know, what's the, how much, how much does it cost a year to operate and how do you fund that? Oh, geez. Um, our budget's probably uh, right at 260,000, um, right now to, to operate. And we're actually in a process of trying to hire some more staff, mm -hmm. um, some paid staff to be able to take over like our campus life clubs and, and some of those, cause we would really love the board and I to be able to actually start getting campus life clubs and things like what we're doing here locally in the Grand happening in our outlying communities, mm -hmm. and, you know, Cove and Union and Imbler and Elgin. Um, but yeah, the, the, with the lunch program, I mean, we're, we're serving 30 plus pounds of beef every Taco Tuesday. So a lot of the meat's donated. So we yeah. have great folks that uh, get a hold of us. The Oregon State Police also gets like poached animals for us and everything else but <laughs> we we go through a lot of burger i mean i'll probably go through four cattle or better in a school year well um you know so probably close to i think into last year we were looking it was somewhere around 790 pounds of of meat we went through wow just for taco tuesdays <laughs> um and that's not including all the other right toppings and condiments and things so 
And then at that drop-in time, we have a snack time where we, you know, provide snack because food is an issue for a lot of kids. Um, and, and it's one of those things we want them to be able to, to get food at J House and, you know, supplement whatever's going on at home. And whether you have folks that, you know, have a full pantry at home or folks that are struggling, it, it's, it's a supplement for both of them. But it gives those kids that are struggling for sure an opportunity to be able to get something that's consistent where they can come in a couple times a week and you know every day after school and, and at least get something other than at school right so yeah there's a you know from a funding standpoint we're we're blessed in the regard that we're locally funded 100 percent. so there's no like youth for christ national is not sending money yeah. to us or anything um so we have about six churches that financially support us we're uh interdenominational as a so we're not one denomination, um, but all the Christian churches that want to support us are supporting us. And then we have about 240 people on our mailing list that get a monthly newsletter and um, have opportunity to be able to financially support as well through that. So this, this banquet that we're doing is an opportunity for new folks to hear about what we are doing as a ministry and hopefully become a monthly supporter and partner with us to, to see impact on the lives of kids locally here in our community. and. So we're hoping for uh, a good turnout. We want to have about 30 tables of eight involved in that, so about 280 people to be a part of that event um, coming up on the 2nd. So we're getting right down to it. We still have available space for, for those that want to host. So if, if you are somebody out there interested, I mean, go to our website. It's www.eoyfc.org, um, and I think it's slash events. If you go to that events page, you'll be able to, see the Be the Story event and click right on that and get registered to, to be a home host if you want. So Wow. And how much are you hoping to raise? What do you need to raise? Our goal for this event would be $50,000. Yeah. Um, so that's, a, you know, about a quarter of our budget. Not quite, but um, that we're trying to raise to, to help cover those lunch costs and drop-in center costs. Um, we'll do, a, we have another event coming up March 2nd. That's a pulled pork feed and online auction that we do. Um, that is an opportunity for you to help support kids going to camp. So this year we'll take high schoolers down to the San Francisco area. We've been doing a road trip last three or four years down there, which is a really unique and cool experience for a lot of kids from here that's probably never been anywhere like that. Right. Um, but, you know, we also have a great speaker the whole time, and the gospel gets proclaimed clearly throughout the week. And, and then we'll also go down to the Eugene area and go to Sky Camp with our middle schoolers. Um, and be at a camp down there for a week where they can do all sorts of crazy events and activities, but <laughs> paintball and the sort. But uh, yeah, so those coming up on March 2nd is that event, and we have tickets online actually even now that you can purchase for that uh, pulled pork feed, but that'll help send kids to summer camp. So we kind of have our general budget and then our camp budget. So. Okay. And your building, is your, are, do you have a building payment, or is that paid for? What, no, we were blessed in the regard of... Uh, it took us a long time to get that building right. built. I think it was about a 12-year process. But, yeah, we are debt-free on the building, so there's no mortgage, no anything. We were able to pay as we went and get it constructed and done. And, of course, it was more money than we thought it was going to be just because we went into the beginning of COVID. We opened August of 2020, yeah. which is right before the school year when they shut everything down and yeah. everybody went to COVID. But uh, God was gracious, and we had some grants and different funds that came in and a lot of over $80,000 locally yeah. uh, to help 
cover the cost of all that stuff. So, yeah, it ends up ended up being over a million dollar project to build that facility. But that was one of the major things we knew from the get go as a organization is we didn't want to have the burden of a of a payment that was going to keep us from being able to do direct ministry stuff with kids and you know us serving the building instead of the building serving us. Wow. Did you ever, at what point when you first started doing YFC, was there ever a point where it was like, this this could be way bigger than what I ever imagined? I mean, oh. did you ever get a glimpse of that when you were first one When I walked in, it was way bigger than I imagined. Yeah, it, yeah, know? way more response. Yeah, yeah, a lot. I don't know. I mean, I, I think the, the vision for the building and all that, I mean, that came on early with the board, mm-hmm. um, probably year one or two yeah. of being at YFC and knowing that we wanted to, knew we needed more space. Yeah. You know, I mean, that little house had served us for 30 years and did a great job. But as you can imagine, I mean, 200 kids were just filing through the building and ran yeah. back out because there wasn't even anywhere for them to sit. Yeah. You know, so um, just knowing that there was a need and... and mm-hmm. You know, I mean, on average, we have anywhere from twelve to fourteen hundred middle school and high school students in Legrand, mm-hmm. um, and just knowing we're not we're not going to be able to reach all of those if we don't have the space to actually have for them to come in. So, you know, I mean, and we're still not at a hundred percent, obviously. I mean, right. their kids have a lot of stuff going on, especially in high school with sports and everything. There's a lot of extracurricular stuff happening for them, which is great. I mean, they need that. That helps to build who they're going to be and, and that responsibility and all that kind of stuff. But just knowing that there's a need definitely yeah. for our community. And that's kind of where we're at now is going, well, we've built this center here. I don't think that's what we want to do in the outlying communities yet, right. maybe sometime down the road, but mainly just making sure we have the programming to be able to come alongside and build those relationships, Yeah, you know, and because there's a need in all our outlying communities too. You know, yeah. LeGrand's hard to find things for kids to do. Imagine what it is in Embler and Elgin right. and Cove and Union. Yeah, yeah, the kids that are left over, like outside of sports, yeah. extracurricular activities at the school, the biggest thing for them is finding something for them to do because the numbers don't lie. Uh, kids that are involved in extracurricular activities don't get in trouble as much. Yeah, They don't. I mean, well, it's, they're it's too busy to. scientific facts yeah. and, and it's not so much the kids that are already involved in stuff. It's those leftover and identifying the at risk. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and that's huge for, that's, a, that's where your YFC, they pick up a huge portion of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, because the kids that are too busy, we're not too, we're not as worried about the, them. You know what I mean? No, I hate I to say it like that, but the ones that I worry about are the ones that are left over after everything, you know, like the kids that don't have things going on. Yeah, definitely. That's, I mean, that's when I got in trouble. Right. That's when I didn't have something, when I wasn't in a sport. Yeah, if you're was... on a sporting trip or you're on a trip with the school or you're in, at band practice or choir practice or, you know, in art club, you're not at the skate park. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or you're not up Morgan Lake drinking beer. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Well, I know I've told you this story before, but when I came here in 97... Um, I remember driving by the high school and where the J house is now, that property was just up for sale. There was a for sale sign and, and the, the principal at the high school was a believer at that time. 
I can't remember. Roland Bevel was the principal in 97. This was, so it would have been after him. Jack something. Anyhow. So we walked down. I went to his office and walked down the sidewalk and we walked around the corner and I said, a Christian organization needs to own that house. And I, and I didn't, didn't know it at the time, but that was already in the works. You know, I mean, there were three or four businessmen that came together and uh, I think funded that house originally yeah. uh, to start YFC there. Yeah. yeah, and Dan Milkey was the uh, right. executive director at the time, and I, yeah. they he'd run the the K House at yeah. the college there, and that's actually where Youth for Christ originally met. Right, was down at the K House. Yeah, um, and then they bought that one on the corner of J, and yeah. that's how it became the J House. Yeah, yeah, and so it was, uh, you know, and so then all these years later to see that clearly, I wasn't the only one that was thinking that, you know, yeah. but God had a plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and thank the Lord that, you know, somebody stepped up yeah. and, and said that same thing. Yeah. We need to own that house. And so, well, thank you for, uh, your stuff, your work, yours and Kim's dedication to this for so long. I've said this before that, uh, you know, longevity in any job, even if you have no idea what you're doing at first, you learn along the way, and especially with youth, they they count on that. You know, they that you, we see that over and over again, whether that's in coaching or whatever the case might be, is is that over a period of time they build a program, and it makes a difference because it's consistent. Yeah. It's the Consistency's same. Consistency is huge. People can count on it. Yeah. So. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, and so again, the the date, and it's that will be on our network. And it is, uh, give us the date again, one more time. Uh, February 2nd February is the 2nd. Be the Story event. Um, and that's Friday, right? It's a Friday evening. It'll start at 7 p.m., but it's on the yeah. um, EOA Live site. It's going to be on our website as well, the yeah. EOIFC.org. Yeah. Um, so you can jump on and watch a stream if you're not a part of the one of the home hosts or yeah. tables there at J House, or uh, if not, host one of those, hopefully, and yeah. have a great catered meal as well and enjoy it. So Yeah, and I... You know, even even for people really who don't, you know, they, they're not a part of the faith community. That's not something they're interested in. It still is, uh, they're able to give money to something that is making a difference. Yeah, definitely. And, Invest and that, in the kids. And at the end of the day, I mean, and that's that's one of the things that I love about LeGrand is is that generally overall, dependent, never, regardless of where people's perspectives are, yeah. there's a, there's a huge amount of common interest in particular good you know yeah. and that's yeah that's that's what yep. is the black hole that brings us all back <laughs> so. that's right i tagged uh, their website in the comments too and oh, it took you. you straight to the events page let you sign up for the um to host or to attend and then also the the pulled pork appreciate uh, that thank you yeah cool deal want to get us out of here let's do it on this day which, what is today? The 23rd of January, 1789, Georgetown is the first U.S. Catholic college. Georgetown University, 1789. 1849, Elizabeth Blackwell becomes the first woman in the U.S. to earn a medical degree, graduating from Geneva Medical College. 
1957, Whammo Company produces the first Frisbee. BC, <laughs> you were probably active in 1957. What was the Frisbee originally called for the first year that it was out? It wasn't called a Frisbee. The flying disc. The Pluto platter. Oh, the Pluto platter. 1983, the TV series The A-Team premieres on NBC. What year was that? 1983. 83. That was my favorite show when I was a kid. Oh, man. Ba, ba, so ba, awesome. ba, da, da, 1984, Hulk Hogan defeats Iron Sheik to win his first WWF title at Madison Square Garden, <laughs> which is crazy, man. I can't believe it. He, he doesn't look like he's as old as he is. <laughs> I mean, in 84, he must have been in his early 20s. Yeah. So now, I mean, He's got to be in his 70s. He's got to be dang there, so right around there, yeah. huh? Yeah. Wow. 2018 Chinese researchers report that they cloned two monkeys using the same technology as Dolly the Sheep. Hmm. That's just five years ago or six years ago. Man. If they can do monkeys, they could they can clone us. I'm a firm believer in that. We could be cloned. It's not moral, it's not ethical, but right. humans I mean there there's no doubt in my mind that they could if they can clone animals yeah humans are clonable no uh, and, and they've done it i would bet they've done it i'm sure they have yeah the, that's the, scary well the and the problem with that clearly is is what do you do with the product if it goes wrong you know what i mean that's that's yeah. the yeah yeah so. yeah yeah that's a lot of movies are based right on yeah that's that the whole thing right there yeah um 2019, the new the new record for the most expensive property in the United States, $238 million for a penthouse condominium overlooking Central Park in New York. Wow. $238 million for a place to live. Like, that could, I, I don't even want to get into how much that could do for people that don't have places to live. It's well, crazy yeah. Well, and there's no lawn. There's no, if no, it's. No, you're in a condo. It, right. It's like that thing where it says the, t the richest 62 People in the world, sixty-two percent. No, no, the richest sixty-two, 62. people got it, got in the it. world okay. are richer than half of the world combined. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? Like we we got it all wrong in my eyes. Twenty twenty, the voice of a three thousand year old Egyptian priest is recreated by scientists using a three D printer. They took the vocal track and and three D printed this vocal tract off of a mummy and then recreated the voice of a of of a priest that was alive 3,000 years ago. That's crazy. I wonder what that sounds like. I, I mean, we could probably find it and put yeah. a sound clip on Thursday of it. I mean, I'm sure they put it out. It's, it's okay. That kind of fits. Yeah, go ahead. But I'm sure they didn't speak English. If they were an Egyptian priest, they were I, I don't know. That, that kind of fits into the YouTube Bigfoot category. No, that, like, no, that, that's not no, Bigfoot. No, that's but, real science. Well, it's real science, it's but posted who, do they, who do they have to prove that? Like, what do you mean? I mean, where's the, I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. It would still be like, <laughs> yeah, how do you know? How do you, how do you verify that product? I, there I, is no verification. I don't know. Yeah. The number one movie in America on this day in 1994, Philadelphia, with Tom Hanks. Quote of the day comes from H. Jackson Brown. The best preparation for tomorrow is doing your best today. The best preparation for tomorrow is doing your best today. That's it. All right. Thanks, Todd. Todd said great job today, guys. Good stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you. Appreciate yeah. you guys having me. Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, on Thursday, uh, Commissioner Donna Beveridge will be right here with us. We'll see you then.